The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. This is Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Back to your regularly scheduled chip eating. <laughs> we are getting some hate for that, by the way. I, Hello I, I, and welcome to not caring about you not liking me eating chips that is on air. In a couple comments. We got a one-star rating on uh, on Apple Podcasts because, because of, of our food. It's not, not often that people, that people these days don't care about what people have to say about them on the internet. Oh, I, just, <laughs> I just wasted a chip. Yeah, right, and let's be clear here. Nobody's complaining about our food. They're complaining about your food. You We're are not the one sitting here pretending like Alex has never eaten on this podcast. Yeah, also, this even... podcast started with me eating Panera every single time. <laughs> That's true. So at least we're consistent. <laughs> oh, well, we all got to kind of hang out this weekend. Yeah, we did. This is the last one, I promise. <laughs> Damn it. Um, in Long Beach. Because there was a race in Long Beach. And you live close to Long Beach. Close. So yeah. one of the uh, closer than us, one of the most exciting elements to the weekend was Tim got to go drinking again for the first time in six weeks. Was that more Since or less exciting than the fact that it was Connor Daly's 100th start? And Jack Harvey's 30th birthday. We had quite a few milestones, guys. Quite a few milestones. Uh, so let's take them one at a time. Tim, Falling how was the your wagon? How was your reintroduction to alcohol and degeneratism? Not, I did not fall off the wagon because that makes it sounds like that. That makes it seem like I you, like you jumped like, intentionally off the wagon. Yeah, you were very like consciously for my stop. I said thank you for the trip, and then I departed the wagon peacefully. Di- disembarked. Yes, I uh, yeah, I did. I was told next time I jump from the wagon, I should bend my knees more. Right. Yeah. Which I think <laughs> I think where you where you missed out was. You you're not supposed to make up for the last six weeks of drink of not drinking in four days. You're supposed to just go back to a normally scheduled amount of drinking. It was just the first day that got me. It was and just also the, the amount I of people. I saw you on Sunday. Of, that is not true. Right. The amount of people that you pulled off the wagon or proverbial <laughs> wagon with you is also exceptional. Yes. Yeah. It was uh, you know, misery loves company, and apparently. I'm You're one miserable. miserable son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, good times. I'm told I had fun. 
You, yeah, you, you did. Do you still have your gym membership or whatever, or your credit card? You didn't leave. It I at didn't the lose anything this time except good. money. <laughs> yeah. Again, <laughs> you don't, that. you didn't lose it. You know exactly where it is. Yeah. I, I have detailed bank statements telling me where right. it ended up. Oh, <laughs> uh, there was a funny moment on Monday morning where Evan thought that he left his credit card somewhere and had that like just pure luck of panic. It was like almost on the way to the airport. And then he found it in like another pocket. So crisis averted. But speaking of Evan and and uh, and all Canadians, really, you guys can't send Apple Pay. Yeah, they, yeah, they don't have that's Apple their, Pay. In that's Canada. a cop out excuse. Kelly sends Apple Pay. Uh, she has a U.S. phone. Like so a do US. you. Correct. And I can do it. Oh. Evan does not have a U.S. Oh. phone. Oh. It's, yeah. convenient. it's convenient for him. Mm. No, it's inconvenient for you because wasn't it you ch- sending him money or was it him sending you money? Uh, the, the money just had to change hands. I forget. Right. So you said him. So it's very inconvenient for him. No, I've said that. I've owed him money a couple of times. Like, oh, I'll just send you Apple Pay. He's like, yeah, I don't, don't have Apple Pay. Damn it. That sounds like an Evan problem, not a, not a Tim or a James problem. In this, yeah, in, these, in this case, yeah, that's probably accurate. Um, um, Connor Daly's 100th start. Connor Daly's yeah. 100th start. Uh, there was, there, there was even somebody threw him a party before the weekend, which was actually kind of cool. Like yeah. I didn't, I, it, I didn't understand exactly what the venue pictures, was. It looked good. Yeah. But it was kind of cool. It's like a garage area. There was some cool cars there. Some, some people came to hang out and you know what, man, look, becoming an IndyCar driver is really hard and staying an IndyCar driver is arguably even harder. And to make it to a hundred race starts is it is a big deal. It's a very cool milestone. And I feel like we don't celebrate those milestones enough in this sport. And so kudos to Connor for, James. or whoever threw it. It's because this has nothing to do with Connor. Right. At all. But like, no one cares. Like it's a result. Like, it's a results right. driven business. Like it right, doesn't right. really matter how many of them you've participated in, but you should care that you made it this far. Cause it's, it's, it's no, cool, and it's but hard. I think I think that should be said for really every time that you drive, whether it's a hundred starts or seven sure. or three hundred. Right. Like right. it's a cool job, right? So it'd be weird I mean, to do it every start. So like picking the odd milestone is, I think, cool. That's fine. anyway. Do you know how it's many funny. races you've done? I don't him even know I, how many races. Him I and I both had our hundred start at Long Beach, which is interesting. When was your hundred start at Long Beach? In 21, I believe. 21? Yeah. How did that race go for you? Maybe 22. Definitely was 21. Okay. Well, maybe it was last year. Yeah, it was last year. Last year? I know because of... Yes, I know. Um, so it was, it was that, last year. How did it go? I finished like seventh, which is 20 bad. spots higher than I finished this week. Right. So, no. You, finished, you didn't finish 27th. Like 25th. And I guess not, not as much attrition as old uh, St. Peter, Texas, huh? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, at uh, least I finished 23rd in Texas. <laughs> it's been great. It's been a great year so far. Yeah, you, you peaked a bit early there, bud. Um, <laughs> all right, so let's talk about let's talk about your Long Beach weekend. Uh, Wait, isn't it, there another milestone? Oh, yeah, Jack Harvey turned 30. Oh, yeah. Cool, Happy congrats. Birthday, Jack. Um, next. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yes, Long Beach, you have been very successful there in the past. You have two victories there, and your team 
what how did they finish last year? They were on the po- was Pato on the podium last year? I think maybe third? No. No? I'm making that up. He was fifth. Fifth. Yeah, decent decent race. Um so going there with reasonably high expectations, car had been strong in St. Pete. So how did it go? I mean, it was looking to be very good for all of us. I mean, Pato was quickest in every session until qualifying. Um, he, here's what's interesting. Like, this is no, like, I'm not complaining because it's ultimately the right thing that should happen. And it's um, um, something we've all asked for. But the new, the new qualifying rules, the way they work, certainly do throw a little bit of a, a new kind of twist in things. Um, so to, to summarize it quickly, previously to this year, um, when you there was a red flag in qualifying, qualifying didn't stop. And that could really screw someone over because, you know, it could happen early on before you even put your softer alternate tire on and someone could have started on the softer. Anyways, it it caused some jumbled up orders. Um, But what it does now, especially with the addition that we've had for the first two street course races of the extra set of alternates, it kind of allows you to throw a Hail Mary if you're struggling or not struggling. Um, Or sorry, if you're struggling to transfer and there's a red flag, and it's kind of a one-lap shootout and all this sort of thing. So I think Pato certainly got a little bit burned by that. Um, you know, he was a very quick car. His radio stopped working in qualifying. Yes, James. No, well, hold on. Fin- finish your thought on Pato, but then let me let me jump in after yeah. that. Yeah, so he – it was round two. Um, it was green flag for a one-lap shootout, and his radio stopped working. Um and he ended up burning a set of alternate tires when he didn't actually need to, um, which meant that he didn't have a set of new tires for the fast six. And he probably was a car good enough to be on pole. The car that ended up being on pole was Kyle Kirkwood, who was the only car that had a new set of tires. Be that as it may, it's um, it's it's a pretty chaotic situation that happened. So that, that hurt Pato. Um, we weren't particularly good until the race until Sunday. Um, so we were kind of a, you know, I thought we had a shot to get in the fast six. We were on a lap to transfer when the red flag came out and then our car struggles to do a, a time on the first lap. So anyways, whatever. Um, that was kind of irrelevant for me, but certainly I think it, it was a disappointing thing for the team that, that Pat missed out after being so quick all weekend. Yeah. So my point was going to be, I'm super shocked that, Pato put on stickers in that moment because in the moment you're describing 12 cars are going out with a one lap, basically run to the flag. A few of those guys were already on their second set of tires. Cause they had done red, red. A few of those guys were sitting in the, in the six top six and still had a set to burn. And you know, Pato's time, he was P one at the time, Right. Well, he ended P1 in Q2. So he had the fastest lap. And you looked at kind of where you could sort of estimate roughly where the break point was going to be, the transfer point was going to be. You know how hard it is to get it done on one lap sometimes, especially if you're maybe you didn't realize your cars needed that second lap as well in the moment as you do now. But like 
it's hard in general. And he was P1. Like, he had a good gap. He had one lap to get it done. We know that everybody can't get it done in one lap. So I was very surprised the five stand took new tires to begin with. Because I figured, I figured from fourth down, you should probably put on the new tires and cover yourself, right? And that was Herta at the time. Herta didn't put on new tires, ended up seven. So he probably should have. The top three all made it through and didn't have to do tires. So Pato burned that set. The only guy that didn't was Kirkwood. And so like they looked at it like, we're probably good. So they went out on scuffs or used and ended up being the only car left with stickers for the fast six. But I just so I was surprised that a car even faster than Kyle made the call to go out on stickers for a one lap banger to sneak in because like they were pretty comfortably in. I think what they could see in pit lane was that everyone was doing it. They couldn't see as far back as Kirkwood. So they were probably influenced by every single car that we can see is going out on stickers. By Erickson, by Polo, by We're going to look really stupid. Myself, Felix, we're going to look really... Newgarden, like we're going to look really stupid if we have a pole winning car and we don't transfer. Yeah. was kind of their point. And no, I, ulti- I get it. And ultimately, like he was on for a front row, like he was going to qualify. He was going to be close to Marcus or to to Kyle, um, and then had a lockup in the final corner. I think he would have been a second place car, uh, so it would have been, it would have been fine. Either right. way, qualified six, whatever. You can win the, the, the car race in the top six for sure. The the radio being malfunctioning is important because Pata was very smart in that they sent him out as the last car by like. You're allowed 30 seconds to leave your pit box before, you know, to get your one lap. And they waited like 28 seconds or something. So he was the last guy. So that way, if it didn't look like enough people were going fast enough, they could get on the radio, tell him to save his tires. And we could hear the radio transmission from his engineer saying, back off, we're good, back off, we're good. And we stayed on his onboard and he's just 10 tense wheeling this thing. And we're like, what is happening? He just really wants to finish this lap. And we found out afterwards is because his radio wasn't working. So that part was a bummer because he might have been able to save a bit more of the tire for the fast six. But regardless, Kirkwood got it. First pole. Great job for him and the Andretti team. Uh, Erickson was second. Crozion was third. Pelot was fourth. Dixon fifth, I think. I don't know. Uh, but yeah. Whatever. Yeah. And then in the race, how was your how was your buggy in the race? I mean, it wasn't that was great. the most... I mean, how was your was, start? Uh, well, I mean, I was 11th, so single file um did you have you watched the start back yeah i did did you hear any of scott's comments i did what do you take I mean, what do you that's i mean that's when, I, when i went basically out of the hairpin and there was one row formed in the for two years people yelled at me so okay kyle waited and let rose form you're gonna yell at him like which what do you want to do like right. you can't have your cake you need it to like, it's such a unique setup we've had that conversation yeah. there a hundred times there's an aversion to throwing the green too much later. Cause that's the obvious answer, right? It's like, we'll just throw the green later, let more cars line up. That's fine. You're never going to get the whole field on. So that same effect is going to happen somewhere down the line. And we saw that in Nashville with restarts. Like it's right. It doesn't solve anything. Right. And all it does is it makes a much higher likelihood of like some massive pileup in turn one and a right. 14 lap caution and half the top 10 out. And nobody so, wants that either. 
Are we talking about Dixon's comments about uh, people jumping the start? Yeah, about Pato and Newgarden. So they come out of the hairpin. They're accelerating to catch up to the field that is lined up side by side to the rows in front of them. But by the time they catch up, the green flag waves, and you're allowed to pass as soon as the green flag waves. So they've got this momentum that the rows in front of them don't have yet. And it happens every – the joke was always the best place to qualify in Long Beach is seventh. If you, if you can't be pole, you want to be seventh because you can pretty much pick up like three to four spots on the start if you qualify seven. The timing just works out there. Uh, and then we had a caution uh, on on like early like 20, maybe something like that. Uh, that would have been for the Palato Dixon. like lap one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, Elio, sorry. Elio spun on the first lap, so there was a quick caution. Uh, and then Pato and uh, Dixon got together in turn eight. Did you have an opinion Which, on that? Oh, wait. Oh, yeah, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Right. No, I was going to say, yeah. we, I like covering your race first, and then we can go through all the stuff. Well, so no, how we, we get, my race was great. I mean, we uh, we started on the alternate. We, you know, it's it's kind of a shame the yellow came when it did because it just put everyone on the exact same strategy, um, which was a, essentially a fuel-saving race. Um, it was really my first time in a straight-up fight against Hondas in the fuel-saving race. That's interesting. Um, pretty, pretty big difference there, which is kind of always been known about. Um, but I think this race kind of exacerbated that issue just because of the way that the cautions fell and the, the layout of Long Beach and, and all that sort of thing. Um, and you just for anyone that wasn't watching, you're not allowed to say it. So I'll say it. the Hondas look like they had a fuel mileage advantage over the Chevys. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was going to be the, the top Chevy in sixth. And in essentially a 60-lap race, because the caution came out, we went green again on lap 21. Essentially in a 60-something lap race, we were 30 seconds back. So it was, it was a dominate, dominant performance. Um, and then with one and a half laps to go, uh, the bolts that connect the lower left rear wishbone to the gearbox decided that they were just done that they just didn't they didn't want to play anymore um and that's bad well it meant that there was only three <laughs> wheels on the ground so and when that's i tried to bad i mean it's less drag but when i tried to <laughs> press the brake it didn't stop it was it was one of those things jane uh, you've been here where like you lock up both fronts and you go down an access road now, in the back of my mind, I felt like something broke because, like, the rate at which I went down the access road, like, there was no deceleration. Like, I actually ended up in tires. It was like, I don't feel like I just outbroke myself, but you're always, like, questioning. Did I just, like, somehow have a mental breakdown and break 100 feet too late or something? Right. Yeah. So, like, you're trying to compose yourself. You get out of the car, and I'm looking around, and, like, nothing's obviously broken. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God. I just threw it off with two corners to go. Oh my God. <laughs> and so the, the AMR safety team comes and everything and I'm, I'm waiting for the medical car to get, it wasn't an impact. So it, there wasn't a priority to whatever. So the, the kind of the, just the trucks are there, but no medical car. So I'm kind of walking around and they start to pull the car back out of the tires. And that's when I realized it's on three wheels. And I was like, Oh, thank God. And then I kept trying to look for like, what was wrong. And I was like, man, I don't, didn't hit anything it's like seeing if there was a tow link bent and, and like me and the one of the safety guys were like looking there he was like i don't see anything bent and i was like so did it just 
the brakes fail? Like what, what happened? And then he's like, Oh, look. And so you could just see that like just bolts were like sheer, essentially nuts were missing. And yeah. the piece was just dangling. So anyways, that was really sad because it was really the first time this year where I felt, I felt at home in the car. Um, you know, it's been, you know, we've talked about it on the show at length, like limits of testing, a big kind of change in a lot of things. Um, St. Pizza challenge. I mean, two street courses challenging to kind of get comfortable with a, with a package. Um, and by Sunday, like we were there, um, which was really encouraging and just sad to not have anything to show for it, but such is life and motorsports. And that's what okay. you, we talk a lot about how in the IndyCar series, it's so crucial to roll off a truck with a good car because it's yeah. really hard to dig yourself out of a bad setup or a slow yeah. car or whatever. Did you feel like you unloaded with an okay car and made it a lot better? Like, were you happy? No, I mean, with- dude, it was it was a great car. Um, it just wasn't, there was just certain things that I wasn't getting from it that I needed. Um, and we, we kind of resolved that on Sunday. Like there was trial, like you don't, you don't have many bites at the cherry, right? Especially with, the way practice goes with cautions and traffic and tire deg and everything like you get maybe three, four quality changes a weekend. Right. Um, and so you're just trying to find kind of what, what you need and, and put the puzzle pieces together. And the car was always nice. Like it was what I, what I tell people is this car continues to surprise me that it's actually very pleasant to drive. Like, I think there's this opinion that because Pato is so, um, I don't know the right adjective, but like almost flamboyant in the car and just there's so much happening and going on and it's kind of asses and elbows and, and all this stuff. And for a period of time, like the tire egg on the car was, was quite bad. Like everyone has this perception that it's just this violent, very hard to control car. And it's actually the opposite. Like it's very, it's very nice. Um, Cause it does look like the back moves around a lot. Like all three of your onboards, we saw a lot of corrections, even just like in a normal practice lap, yeah. nothing that, seem to concern anybody but it just seems like it moves a lot but you're saying it's just it's catchable and it's drivable despite that i think it's all it's very predictable right so like anytime you have these moments you're like you feel it coming you know it's coming it's not a there's nothing that's surprising about what it does Um, right but certainly it makes lap time in a very different way than than what i've driven for seven years so anyways long story short it was a good weekend um Obviously disappointing for the organization, you know, considering that they led most of the practice sessions and our best result was thankfully Felix finished seventh, I think. Um, but just, you know, one of those missed opportunity weekends where you had good cars and yeah, nothing to show for it. Yeah. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars Rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! 
the most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Okay, so let's go back to the Pato Dixon thing. Yeah. No action taken. Yeah. Scott, not thrilled. Pato doesn't really give Yeah. I mean, as 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 apolitically as you can, what was your take no, on it? No, I mean, I see two sides. I see it's a racing deal because he was side by side. But I see the side that it was really late and like the Scott... Ha- can Scott bail out at that point? Like, it's not necessarily that Scott was trying to hang it around the outside. It's just, can he do anything? I mean, I'm I'm glad he didn't get a penalty because had he gotten a penalty, it would have spooled me up all over again about Toronto and Felix and my incident last year, where yeah, I ended but up you in the wall. But you Felix acknowledge that penalty. that that was wrong. Like, you agree that Felix should have gotten a penalty in that. I know, I do. But at this point, dude, all I'm looking for from IndyCar is consistency. Yeah, yeah. I don't sure. care if it's right or wrong. Just make the same decision every time. Right, and right, right. At least they did that. You know? Yeah. So, like, yes, by the rule book, if there's contact and the majority of the responsibility is on a car and one car ends up in the wall, like, should that be a penalty? Maybe. But, like, they haven't penalized that before. So, like, you shouldn't start doing it now. Well, they have penalized it before. They just haven't always penalized it. So I guess this is where my issue is, is like after the past two, I mean, I can, I think the Felix one was the last kind of incident. Right. But then the one before that was me and Devlin in mid Ohio, you and Devlin in mid Ohio. And you did get a penalty for that. (laughs) Right. So, and that one was like way less egregious on every measurable metric of what they look at. No, uh, I, I would say I would say it was the same level of egregious, but the only but difference the, the is outcome. There was no 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 outcome. Like right. we didn't even was, lose positions. It was just right. That, a that's trip that's, the what, grass. that's yeah. what I mean. Was the the outcome was so much less egregious. Right. So the the thing for me is like when we first looked at it, we're like, yeah, he got there. They were wheel to wheel, and then you watch Pato's onboard, and so they paved that section from six to eight, right, which looks so much nicer than it has oh, been in amazing. the past. Yeah, yeah. Like getting on the power out of six just looked cake compared to what it used to be like just chasing the thing all the way to the wall and so i think it was giving guys confidence to try to break on the inside of five because the surface was so much better yeah but to your point when you watch Pato's on board he came from so far back and by the time they're wheel to wheel side by side it is way too late for scott to make any adjustment like you know you hit the brakes and you turn in you've committed to your rolling right. speed but, whatever but scott, scott has every opportunity to cover that he knows Pato has a run he has every but opportunity he wasn't but he was saying he wasn't that close so if you watch Pato's on board, that's when we were like, eh, yeah, I can kind of see why Scott's upset with that. But then again, if they had just bumped and kept going and Pato got, Pato got the place, yeah, right. awesome, great pass. But, but it's, you're also responsible as a racing driver, right? To make it less appealing. To Nobody's innocent. Nobody's innocent in an accident, right? That's, that's always the so case. like, again, I understand why Scott's upset. For sure. But I'm thrilled that there's not a penalty. And right. I just think that that's, that better be the precedent going forward. That's my only uh, point. I was just going to say, so like, is this how we want to go racing is 
you're okay to fire guys if you're wheel to wheel and you think fire a guy off. He didn't fire him off because there's a big difference. I think we forgot an incident. It was Power and Colton in turn eight at St. Pete. Power was yes. not alongside. He was late. He was locked up. Mm-hmm. And he hit Colton's side pod and sent Colton into the tires. And Will got a drive through for that. I think there's something to be said for not missing the apex, not being locked up, and not... Um, like, the other, the other difference with the Felix incident, right, is like Pato was in control the entire time. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's a tough one, for sure. Um, and ultimately, they didn't make a call, and that is what it is. But that, I mean, to Scott's point in his interview, he's like, all right, if that's how we're racing, cool. <laughs> so no, it's good. Like, but no, because, because I think people take that too far because it's very hard to get side-by-side side and have an end result like that. You know, if you're going to take your gloves off and, like, <laughs> drive people into the wall and stuff, like, that's yes, hard and to not, do. not make it look intentional. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I, so, I understand. I understand. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, like, I know we're mean. not now just encouraging people to drop kick people. We're not encouraging people to hit, you know, inside rear tires with your nose. Like, that's not what we're saying. It's like, I, I am. I would like that. <laughs> I think the racing would be more entertaining. Well, some people still do, pal. <laughs> that is true. You're not so, the only one. Yes. Uh, fair. Okay. So then the other big, I mean, it, it, it got way less coverage during the broadcast than it probably should have. And that's just because there was so much like chaos happening around it. The decision for Hunko's Hollinger racing to leave Canapino out on that yellow where everybody pitted and essentially ended up in the same strategy. Absolutely baffles me. Yes. He pit under the original yellow for Elio. So he had two laps more fuel, but like you guys were within I mean, less than 10 laps. Most people are going to be pitting in less than 10 laps. So leave them out there and hope that it strings out enough in those 10 laps that when you do your pit stop, you don't come out at the back of the field. I don't know, man. It's a 37-second pit. It's the biggest pit lane we go to. It's the biggest time loss to pit lane we go to. That didn't make a ton of sense to me. So they leave him out there. Whatever. Cool. He gets to lead some laps and run up front in IndyCar race. I think that's exactly the point. And that's like, okay. That's it's not fine. Like he they made that decision from eleven, like, right, right. It's still so, I still and it still affects the end result in a negative way, without all the stuff that ends up happening. So then you go to the restart. You got Calamilot who clipped the wall on his own, had to come in, change a tire. He's down laps, whatever. They sent him back out immediately in front of the entire pack coming to the green on a restart, led by his teammate. He's on cold tires, coming up to speed, obviously desperately trying to stay on the lead lap, right? But he could not have hosed Canapino any worse than he did. He had every right to do it. Nothing on Callum. Callum's just driving his race car. The team's decision to send him right then to not pick Canapino put this situation into motion. As a result of him getting held up, Elio tried to pass Canapino. They touched Canapino at the wall and it ends his race, basically, right then and there. Callum knows that he's going to have to pit, that Canapino's going to have to pit in the next couple laps. Why is the team on the radio saying, let him go by, sit behind him, you'll get your lap back when he pits. This is not 
this is not the place to fight. Put a buffer between Canapino and the rest of the field. Instead, they went wheel to wheel. It backfired. That car went out. And I just don't get it. I don't understand at all what they were trying to do. Is what am I missing? Now everybody's talking about on social media too, where people are upset <laughs> yes. with him. So what might be unknown to some of our audience <clears throat> in Argentina, where Oxian Canapino is from, he is a rock star. And him racing in the U.S. in IndyCar is a very big deal. And they're very passionate race fans. So after the race, they took to Twitter and evidently like all of Argentina just like very brutally attacked Callum Eilat on social media, which obviously is insane and ridiculous. And we do, no, do not condone in any way, shape or form. It's so pointless. But also they're not understanding the situation. Callum did nothing wrong. Callum was racing his race. I yeah. put more, way more blame on the team for orchestrating even if it's inadvertently that scenario because they had the power to adjust their play and stop any of that from happening and i just i feel really bad for callum and i feel really bad for augustine because his race got ruined he was he was gonna get to lead his first lap under green and he didn't get to do it and run up front and get that experience and callum was gonna have a you know whatever but now callum's dealing with all this stuff on social media it's ridiculous what what am I missing from the strategy standpoint? Nothing. Okay. No, I mean I think you you, you hit it you hit it all <laughs> you yeah you're right. Um, I I Callum had a tough weekend. You know he he, did. he got absolutely hosed by either IndyCar or the Grand Prix of Long Beach. I don't know which. But I do. I know exactly. Way. I know what exactly happened? who it was. Okay. But. Well, someone. Completely hosed him and Renus VK. Well, more Callum because Renus should have known that. So there was, there's a curve in turn five for Friday practice, which was after IMSA and everything. There was a big piece of the curb removed. Callum was like the quickest car in turn five to the point where all of us saw it on Dartfish and were like, holy, shit, we got to use more curb and do what he's doing because he's kicking everyone's ass. Awesome. Callum goes out. With zero on Saturday, morning. on Saturday morning, with zero, no, no one was any the wiser. Callum does his like first push lap and takes turn five the exact same way he did for twenty laps the day before, and there's a new curb in place <laughs> that sends him directly into a wall. Yeah, the car bottoms out on the curb. It just cases the car. Front wheels are a foot in the air and just fires it into the wall very hard. Destroys the car, session's done, doesn't get to go on reds before qualifying, all that stuff. So he, he had a tough one. He also drove very unkindly in the race to me, myself and Will Power, but ultimately that didn't change any result. And that's just the product of IndyCar's crazy blue flag rules. Um, but we're not going to change that now or ever. Um, and really, I think that's all there is to talk about Long Beach, unless there was another highlight, because it was actually a pretty boring race, I believe. Like, obviously, it w- once it became a fuel race, you know, the the Hondas went to the front. Joseph really struggled to to get the mileage and and extend the stints as long as he needed. Um, you know, when obviously, he, the he Andretti picked, cars were quick. Yeah, yeah. Joseph had picked quite a bit earlier, too. Like, <clears throat> the, the yellow falling when it did really hurt the guys that started on the primaries. Um the advantage they were going to get was just coming to fruition with the alternates falling off. And then everybody who started on alternates got to get off them on the, and then they had to put on prime or alternates for a very long stint. 
So you short stint that one. And then the last stint has to just, you're praying for a yellow and it never came. So a very frustrating, you know, end for him. Uh, Pato got involved in another thing in turn eight, spun himself around, almost took out Kirkwood, almost took out Erickson. Palo was close. Grosjean was close. Um, uh, he ended up continuing, which is actually really impressive that the, the, Andy Stahl kicked in in a good enough fashion to keep that thing going. Dude, fast um, hands, man. He probably pulled that clutch. So yeah, like, fair enough. Fair like enough. A real pro. But uh, yeah, so obviously Kirkwood wins. Uh, he did a great job uh, on the last stint, just kind of controlling the pit stop and, and everything. Uh, um, Grosjean was second, one, two for the team. Herta was fourth. So nice turnaround for Andretti after a pretty disastrous first two races. Again, for me, one of the stars was Ericsson. Uh, he qualified second, so best guy on the used reds in qualifying and was only three hundredths off of um, Kyle Kirkwood on the stickers. In the race, he was kind of running his race, and when when Pato did that second move in turn five on the restart, he sort of got caught on the outside of it and lost two, three, four spots, including, you know, to Grosjean, uh, who finished right in front of him. But that last stint, by the time he cleared Colton, I think he made up like, five almost five seconds on the leading pair just chased him down and essentially just ran out of laps uh to try to make a move so it's a good drive from him he's leading the championship and we go to barber next which is your favorite place oh no we go testing in indy next we do are you are you excited i think he's more excited for the off-track live show that we're gonna do we are also doing that on friday which is very exciting there's still tickets um, available, guys. There, there are, is as we're recording, there aren't but many though. So I don't I, know if they're going to still be any when this is. Yeah, this we're, we're yeah. Live. We're we're putting something out. We've already put something out. If you're listening to this, uh, reminding people. But yeah, I, my guess is that by the time you're listening to this, they're already it's already sold out. Well, that's but, too damn bad, people. But if you got one, you're in for a hell of a treat. It's gonna <laughs> be it's gonna be grand. We're gonna watch some indie car action on track. We're gonna have beautiful catering. Uh, it's gonna be tremendous i'm mainly just looking forward to the prime 47 yes prime 47 catering is going to be delicious because they kill it and yeah anyway we're gonna have fun it's gonna be a good time i uh, yeah i want to complain about something Do I'm, it. Back, I'm back in indianapolis for the show um the parking etiquette at the indianapolis international airport or lack of mm. parking etiquette I don't understand why it's the worst in the country when it comes to that. They just let people park at the curb. They don't make them move. They don't go anywhere. They're like four rows out. It's just like a parking lot there. Uh, you mean I, like at arrivals? Yeah, when you come out. I would much rather that than have these entitled people with whistles make you do 18 laps. I just okay. So I decided to call or get a cab last night because Uber was going to be like 20 minutes and I landed too late. My parents didn't want to come pick me up. That's a whole other story there, but they couldn't, the cab couldn't even get out of the cab line because there were, you know, four cars deep in all of the, all of the rows there. Yeah. There's, there's the irony is the Ubers get picked up inside the, like the yeah, parking like, lot space and it was like a 20 it minutes, right? Yeah. Did you wait longer than 20 minutes for your cab? No, I, I got over there and we made yeah. some people move, but there's That's like, fine. there are cops there. They're just not move. They're not ushering people I, along the way. I don't get I've it. Honestly, I've never seen it that bad there. I've never seen it that bad there. I feel I like it's pretty constantly it. that bad. I don't know. Maybe. Not Maybe. at all. I don't know. Best airport in the world. You yeah, guys it's, 
it is the best it is airport a great airport otherwise it is yeah. my, it's my favorite airport to go out of to come into i was gonna say it's better in every conceivable way every to LAX. conceivable way than LAX. lax is the worst i had just another couple terrible experiences lax just sucks it's just the worst i'm sorry if you think it's even remotely good yeah. if somehow you're listening to the show and you had something to do with the creation of that place seriously you have Stop issues. Listening. We don't Stop want listening. You. We don't want you quit, quit whatever you're doing. Even if you're not doing that job anymore, just quit all jobs. Just give up on everything because that was <laughs> terrible what you did to millions of travelers every single year. Um, yeah. Yeah. Alex well, was well, over in Minneapolis. One, one great news thing that just One came. great news. Okay. One great news thing. Yeah. That just came up. Did you see the TV numbers from the weekend, James? I did not. I was actually looking for them while we were recording this. Where'd yeah, they're on Reddit. Oh, it's pretty good numbers, 1. right? 1.026, only down from 1.055. So by far, and, I think our best comparable race to 2020. And what you guys were directly up against. I was just going to say, considering we were directly up against NASCAR, and not just any old NASCAR, NASCAR with the return of Chase Elliott. Oh, was um, he back? I didn't see anything he is about back. on social media. Yeah. <laughs> so not only that but there was 188,000 people that showed up over the three days in long yeah, yeah. maybe was- even more i think it was i thought i saw like 191 or something but either way it was biggest attendance since the merge um so you know since 2008 i think they said uh which is just incredible so huge credit to everybody at uh grand prix association of long beach jimmy killian and his staff because that's that's awesome. And you're right. You could see it Friday. You could see it Saturday. You could see it Sunday. The place was absolutely banging. Not, and, a, not to kiss too much ass there, but for that many people, it was also really smoothly run. Yeah, I, I didn't feel like there was any congestion yeah. anywhere. It, didn't like, it wasn't inconvenient to do anything or go anywhere. So pretty awesome. I uh, Alex was making fun of me before because I'm wearing like a sweater that looks like an old man sweater. Yes. And... I want to know if I'm alone in this or if I am just really kind of getting that old. I I, I got dressed today to go to a, a meeting with a business professional. So I figured I should, you know, I'm wearing nice jeans. I've got my old man sweater on, trying to not look like a complete bum. Okay. And I got back from the meeting about noon. It was a morning meeting. And I had this like internal debate like I'm dressed, I'm dressed like an adult and I'm, I've got stuff to do today, mainly all at, at home in and around the house. I should probably just stay dressed, right? And not immediately go back into sweatpants and a hoodie <laughs> because I really, really wanted to just yeah. revert back to sweatpants and a hoodie. But I just, I felt like that was the wrong thing to do. Disagree Why? entirely. You should definitely do it. Yeah. I don't know. And that's the part that's bugging me, right? Is there's no reason to not be in sweatpants. But for some reason, society has made me think that I should be dressed as a grown up if I'm already dressed. I I flew yesterday. Tim's probably about to take a nap, dude. Like you're fine. Tim's not even currently wearing pants. I flew yesterday and, and I decided to wear a sweatpants, which I don't usually do, and uh never going back. I don't know why I haven't been doing that. You're that yeah. guy. You're the hungover I, uh, sweatpants guy. I was the hungover sweatpants guy. I'll only do that on like long, long flights, and I'll yeah. bring sweatpants and change into them. I'm not walking through the airport. I ain't getting on Southwest Airlines and Southwest or no. on, in sweatpants. Absolutely. No. No, I got on my both Delta flights and sweatpants, 
and uh, and moseyed up in the in in two lounges in sweatpants, and I have zero regrets. Yeah, the lounges have regrets, but you're good. It's too late. They can't take back my membership now. I mean, they can. They can literally do anything they want. They have a crazy <laughs> amount of power. Uh, but okay, so what you're saying is, as soon as we get off here, I should go back into sweatpants. Yes. Guys, I love you. Thank you for supporting my <laughs> issues here. Uh, I'm going to look forward to that. I'm going straight into sweats when I'm done here. Getting rid of my old man sweater. Which I but think it's looks itchy. Good. looks itchy. It's, it no, looks it's itchy. fine. It looks it's like a, it would bother the neckline. It's a lovely sweater. No, I'm clearly, I have an undershirt. I got a t-shirt underneath. Who wears you know? like a V-neck with an undershirt? It's cold out. All right, relax. Not that cold. It's a pretty nice day. Yeah, it was zero when I left the house today to walk the dog. Okay, but that's zero Celsius. degrees. That's not a real thing. I'm not having this argument with you. We all know that Celsius makes way more sense. You've literally, than you've literally admitted and proven the fact that Fahrenheit's better. It yeah, is not, it not better. Zero, yes, no. I, there was one funny comedian that had a funny sketch that made me laugh, and it was the closest thing to a good argument about Fahrenheit that I've heard. It is still not a better system. Yes, it is. No, it, you it, just. I, I would say for temperature outside, I prefer Fahrenheit because you can get more precise with it. That each degree isn't more of a change, and it just sounds better for okay. using like cooking or anything scientific. Yeah, Celsius makes way more sense. Here's the thing. Up to your point, you're still wrong because one degree Celsius is just basically two degrees Fahrenheit. And if you can tell me that you're you're feeling a noticeable difference in one degree of Fahrenheit temperature, you're lying. Unless you're in your house at bedtime with your thermostat. That's where I was he said go. he yeah. said outside, Alex. He said outside. But Tim's an idiot. This guy That's was true. smart. You know that I'm an idiot. It's been well documented over the last five years. All right, guys. Well, I truly hope that you're one of the lucky few that are joining this idiot and that idiot and the other idiot on the live show on Friday. Alex, uh, have fun. Oh, wait. Somebody asked a question on Twitter, and I'm not sure I saw the answer. Is is your Does your car that this year have a name? Is it still Baby Girl, or is that not Baby Girl anymore? Is Baby Girl not a thing anymore? Or do you have a name, or what's the deal there? Dude, that was a Liza thing. Baby Girl was? Yeah. Oh, right. I forget that you don't do your own social media. <laughs> I never have. I do okay. now. He does now. Yeah. So that so that was not your invention. All right. I have an idea. I like I mean, listeners. The song. Your I like the song. Okay. Buy You a Drink by T-Pain. I like that song a lot. I'm no, trying I to think, live my I life think we by leave that. it up to the off-track listeners to name your car. No, I'm not naming a car. I think we are. I think we're going to name it for you. I think we're going to name it for you. But we'll let you pick the, we'll let you pick the final choice. So uh, listeners of Off Track, please reach out to us uh, on Twitter at Ask Off Track and tell us what you think the number seven Arrow McLaren driven by Alexander Rossi should be in. Hey, Arrow McLaren Chevrolet, bro. Get it right. Sorry, Arrow McLaren Chevrolet NTT views. You have it all in your car. Nope, nope. Just Errol NTT McLaren Chevrolet, nope. right? But you had NTT on your car this year or this weekend. Errol McLaren Chevrolet, bro. Yes, but you had NTT on your side pods this, this weekend. It. it was right there. It was a dark blue. It was a different blue than what you had in the other races. Cool. It is still the <laughs> Errol McLaren Chevrolet. Okay, so yes. I was. It's it's the it's the Alex the Alex McLaren. <laughs> Let's call it the NTT. 
<laughs> we totally <laughs> forgot. We totally forgot. Are we allowed to tell this story? No. Oh, no. You guys are. We'll tell it at the live show. Oh, yeah. We can do that. All right. Is anyone from the live guy. shows got, yeah, we got a nice Easter egg for you guys about a really funny story from Long Beach. Um, we might forget. So if you're listening and you're coming to the live show, remind us to tell the Alex McLaren story from Long Beach. And on that note, we'll see you guys next time. This has been Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Off Track is part of the Sirius XM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. We're at Ask Off Track on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to follow us on Twitter individually, I'm at Hinchtown. He's Alexander Rossi. And if you want to follow Fim, though we have no idea why you would, he's at the Tim Durham on Twitter. Follow us on YouTube and subscribe to our channel for exclusive video content. Off Track is produced by Tim Durham. And by that, we mean Fim. are true overwhelming power sauce of destiny yes the most legendary sauce has arrived as mcdonald's transforms into the anime world of wickdonald's the greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili mcdonald's sauce to make your 10-piece wick nuggets fries and sprite ultra powerful unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at wickdonald's ba-da-ba-ba-ba go i participate in mcdonald's for a limited time while supplies last